You are listening to the June 15th installment of Cowboy State Politics Live. We had a few technical glitches at the beginning of the program. We were using some new equipment. So here's where the episode picks up. I'm, I'm seeing this time with feeling. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Again, we felt it before just because you couldn't hear it didn't mean it wasn't heartfelt. Oh, man, it was it was incredible, my friends. Well, anyhow, so we went to this Texas Rangers game, and I am a lifelong baseball fan, though I've been kind of disenchanted with Major League Baseball for quite some time. You know, and it all started with this whole kneeling for the national anthem crap, and I, I just, I'd had enough of professional sports as a whole. But, you know, I really have been missing missing baseball, and this year I decided, well, you know, I am done with the Colorado Rockies. They got rid of Nolan Arenado. Uh, why would you why would you make a stupid decision to trade the 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 best third baseman in the entire in all of major league baseball there might there might be some cardinals fans that would argue that right now well i'm he's sure they're a rough are. well he's, i mean they thought it was an incredible decision yeah but he's he's having a rough time lately well it's because he left us anyhow <laughs> yeah. so i decided that i was done with the colorado rockies and then I thought, well, you know, I may as well go back to my childhood team of the Oakland Athletics. You know, growing up, I, I, I was a big Ricky Henderson fan. I mean, how could you not? You know, and, and, you know, Ken, that is a topic that we could bring up perhaps at a later time. You know, Ricky Henderson really was one of the first sports, uh, sports players that kind of got canceled. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Well, he was chasing Lou Brock's record, stolen base record. And, you know, I mean, his his baseball card value was going up. I, I have a Ricky Henderson rookie card. And I think at the time, like that one baseball card, and we're talking about, you know, early 90s, I think, um, that one baseball ca card was worth $1,000. So he had Lou Brock at, at each game where he thought he might break the record. And when he did, he jumped up, he, he stole second base, and he jumped up and pulled the base out of the ground, and then proceeded to parade around the field yelling, I am the greatest. Now, think about that, right? You've got the stolen base leader um, in all of Major League Baseball, Lou Brock, sitting in the crowd. And he's there because you asked him to, because you're about to break his record, and you jump up and parade around the field like that. The optics aren't that good. The optics are not great. Well, what happened to his baseball card value the day after? It went to about five bucks and it, it really was a reaction from fans that were like, this is just not the behavior that we want. It's, that's one thing that I love about baseball. You were talking about loving it. Um, in, in baseball is still kind of a gentleman's game. Yeah. You know, I gave up on the NBA years ago because to me, it just seemed like it all turned to show voting, but in baseball, they do something, they might do a little fist bump or something, but they act like they've been there. Yeah. And I like that decorum. And, uh, you know, so Ricky Henderson, uh, you know, like I said, that was that was a situation of his own doing. Now, interestingly enough, his rookie card has started to increase in value. And the reason for it, my personal opinion, is he started to do a lot of uh, speaking at schools and talking about his experience and talking about baseball, and talking about what he did to fans. Um, so he's turned his life into sort of a motivational type of speaker, and he goes to a lot of youth baseball things. So, so the value of his baseball card has started to go up. So all of that is different now. Now Major League Baseball, all of it, 
has decided that we're going to support the LGBTQ Pride Month. And there's only one team that decided that they weren't having any of that crap. Any guesses which one that was, Ken? Dodgers. No, it was oh. not the Dodgers. If I get another try. Okay, go ahead. Dodgers. Oh, it's Giants. San Francisco. No, it was not the San Francisco. Okay, I'm going to quit guessing. You tell us. It was not the Red Sox. It was not the Yankees. It was the Texas Rangers. That's right, my friends. When I went to the game, not a single pride flag could be seen. Not one. Zero. Anywhere. Not a t-shirt. Not a patch. Not a hat. Nothing. Hence your fanship. Hence my fanship. And, you know, they played, even though they lost, they played a great game. I mean, they did launch one into about the second deck. That was fun to see. So anyway, my friends, I am a Texas Rangers fan. I've been, I'm even wearing the hat as we speak. Yes, he is. He's, he's not just making that up. I'm not making that up, my friends. I am fully committed now. He's, he's also firmly ensconced behind the silver Cowboy State microphone, sitting in a rocking chair. And that rocking chair, as we go on, gets moving more and more. You know, and <laughs> I have to tell you, my friends, I, uh, I felt sorry for Ken. I listened to several of the episodes, and he kept whining about me taking the silver Cowboy State Politics microphone with me. I only said it once. And I did. So <laughs> I decided that since we're going to broadcast from Penn's studio in Sheridan, I thought I would bring the silver Cowboy State Politics microphone with me so Ken could see it. He could stop whining. He won't let me touch it. But no, I can no see it. nobody gets to touch this thing. All right, let's get to the news. From Breitbart this morning, report MLB quietly tells teams to ditch their pride uniforms. And I quote, Major League Baseball has quietly told teams that they can stop forcing players to wear uniforms and hats adorned with gay pride rainbow colors during their pride night games. The decision comes, and obviously this is, a, this is an opinion piece, uh, but uh, anyway, the decision comes as the L.A. Dodgers are taking major heat for inviting the radical anti-Catholic hate group, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, to its Gay Pride Night game on June the 16th. And also, as several major corporations, including Bud Light and Target, are facing serious economic losses thanks to their wild-eyed support for the far-left LGBTQ agenda. The Tampa Bay Rays was the first MLB team to announce that players would not be wearing any rainbow colors. But the league kept kept this change to its pride celebrations very, very quiet. Since giving teams dispensation to dump pride collars and special jerseys back in February, according to the Washington Examiner. But there has been one team that has eschewed the pride business from the beginning. The Texas Rangers is the only team that has consistently refused to indulge in any demonstrations of pride and has never scheduled any pride night games. They only care about baseball. And I have to tell you, my friends, watching that game, that's the only thing that they were doing was playing baseball. And attending that one Texas Rangers game made me remember why it is that I love the game of baseball so much. The article goes on. Pro baseball is not the only sport we see growing resistance to having pride forced on players. A growing number of NHL players and teams are also turning away from blatant expressions of the groomer agenda. Teams, including the Chicago Blackhawks and the Buffalo Sabres, have experienced issues with using pride jerseys. Imagine that. Major sports teams, sort of manly activities, 
not wanting to act gay. Stalking, I know. In addition, the San Jose Sharks uh, goalie, James Reimer, opted out of wearing jerseys, citing his religious convictions. And this is perhaps, I mean, the whole thing is obscene. Uh, but what the Dodgers have decided to do, and we're going to get to that article here in just a second, um, but it really is an anti-Christian agenda. I mean, at its very core, you have entire franchises or, or an entire, I guess, industry. We, we'd call it like professional sports an industry, um, you know, saying that we're going to support this LGBTQ agenda. And then in, in the next article we're going to talk about, it, the Dodgers invited this anti-Christian group, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. And they're, I mean, they are very loud in California. They have wild costumes as well. Yeah, yeah. If you if you haven't heard of these folks, they dress up as nuns and, you know, they're they give out blessings of sex toys. And I mean, it's really obscene behavior. So the Dodgers, anyway, they invited these folks uh, to their pride night and then they disinvited them. And then when they had got a little pushback from this anti uh, anti Catholic pro LGBT group, then they reinvited them. You know, and all of this is pandering. And uh, by the way, I was talking about this a lot during my interview with Jennifer Say. Um, that's uh, it's called the Left Unbuttoned. If you haven't listened to that episode, you should really go back and listen to it. She's got a lot of uh, uh, really important things to say. It is good. It's one of the top four episodes in the last week. Oh, really? Well, anyway, I mean, it's uh, what she's talking about is that none of these big corporations actually believe in all of this stuff. They're just pandering to you. And they've made a bet that because they they claim to support this LGBTQ agenda, that they're going to be rewarded by consumers. And, you know, that's just not been the case. I mean, look at what's right, Ken. Target. I'd rather not. Well, yeah. I mean, you never did drink Bud Light anyway, thank God. No, um, and especially buying a Target. We stopped at the Cheyenne Target and took pictures, and it was the next day when they moved the display from the front back to the back. Oh, so they finally did. They, they did. Back. They did. Because I heard that in Casper, they, they moved it to the back almost. Excuse me, that was the Casper one. Oh, the Casper um, okay. I'm so confused. Well, I mean, that should feel pretty normal for you, Ken. Yeah. By the way, did you hear what the new insult of sixth graders is? Please tell me. Yeah, well, your dad drinks Bud Light. But, but from Target. All right, in a moment, we're going to get to the Los Angeles. We're going to keep talking about baseball. And we're going to go to the Catholic, or the, the Catholic Dodgers, the anti-Catholic Dodgers, the, what they're doing to all of us. But first, let's pay a couple bills. <laughs> My friends, a lot of people in Wyoming say that we really only have two seasons, winter and construction. And while it's true that winter does consume a large part of our existence here in the cowboy state, I have to beg to differ. I think we do have all four seasons, and sometimes we have them all in the same week. So while you're putting on the chains, trekking through the snow, or wading through the mud, you should really take care of those feet of yours no matter what unfortunate circumstance you've got yourself into. The Buffalo Wool Company makes the most amazing socks that I've ever worn. 
They'll keep you warm in the winter and dry in the summer. And they have a wide variety of different socks. They've got some crew socks for if you wear tennis shoes or all the way up to boot socks. So it doesn't really matter what you're doing outside during this Wyoming spring. You should probably be wearing a pair of Buffalo Wool Company socks. Go to their website, thebuffalowoolco.com, and take care of those feet of yours, because they certainly take care of you. As you no doubt are keenly aware, I'm a fan of just about any Wyoming company. Just about, I said. And one of them you should really check out is New Trend Hats. They're a company that's based in Kemmerer. They make those hats with a really cool ponytail hole on top of them. And right now, they have a wide selection of hats for both men and women. Being as cold as it is, you definitely don't want your ears to get cold either. So go check out New Trend Hats. I'm sure you'll find one to keep those ears of yours nice and toasty warm. That's New Trend Hats. And now, back to the program. Welcome back. David Iverson behind the Silver Cowboy State Politics microphone. Cowboy State Politics is Wyoming's most listened to conservative program. Documented to be almost always right, 98.87% of the time. You know, Ken, that's actually a real number. Is it? Well, I know it's a real number, but is there any fact behind it? Absolutely there is. You, you said it was the most listened to, except for when the sound guy forgets to move a dial. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I apologize for the technical difficulties. We've got some new equipment we're trying out, and we're in a new location. Uh, but thankfully, we got everything going again. I think. Uh, well, I'm pretty sure. If you have it, any comments, yeah. uh, feel free to send them to me on uh, in the Podbean app, or you can shoot me an email. The address is david at cowboystatepolitics.com. So just let me know what you think. Again, sorry about the technical difficulties. From the blaze this morning, Catholics running Dodgers have lost their way ads during every game this week, protesting the team's LGBTQ stance. And I quote, the Catholic advocacy group is running ads during every single Los Angeles Los Angeles Dodgers game this week, calling out the team for its endorsement of anti-Christian bigotry. The ad that Catholic vo Vote is running during the games is entitled, The Dodgers Have Lost Their Way, and it has already been seen over 1.4 million times on YouTube. The ad notes that the Dodgers weren't always synonymous with bigotry, highlighting a memorable occasion when the Dodgers took a meaningful stand against prejudice when they signed Jackie Robinson, the first black American to play in the Major League Baseball. The ad contrasts that, that bold move in 1947 with the team's recent decision to celebrate an anti-Christian activist group. And that's, that's something that I wanted to talk about with you, Ken. You know, this whole LGBTQ agenda is... Why you? Everybody has to accept everybody. Stop with all of your hate. And when Christians speak out against this, they stand up for their beliefs. We're accused of being hateful bigots. I think part of the issue is that you know when this, this first came up, a lot of us were kind of content to live and let live, so to speak. Okay, if that's the way you want to live, that's your business, you know. But when they start in your face, as as they were at the in Washington D.C running around topless in front of the White House. Yeah, we're going to get um, to that. Yeah, just a but, but the point is they're never satisfied to just leave it at live and let live. It's got to be more and more in your face. You go to a pride parade and, and it's 
wholly embarrassing. Um, it, it's, it's never enough. And then once you've accepted it, now you have to turn around and celebrate it. And I have to turn around and say how wonderful it is. And just stop. Yeah, just stop. You know, you, it's it's fine. Like, it's a free country. You know, whatever you want to do behind closed doors, I mean, go ahead and do it. I mean, I don't I don't agree with it. I don't support it. I don't think it's right. Um, but, you know, stop pushing it in my face. And for the love of God, keep the children out of it. That's my biggest problem with all of this. The drag shows at the university in Rock Springs, all of the, all of the ones that I did investigations on, my main problem with all of it is they have to involve children. I mean, that's, that's like drag shows are inherently sexual and they are inherently about indoctrinating children. And if you haven't read that article by Chris Rufo, it's on the website right now, uh, but it, it goes through a detailed account of how uh, drag shows really are about indoctrinating our youth. I mean, that's uh, in that one video in Rock Springs, Man, there was a dozen kids running around there, and the whole thing was to try to normalize the behavior. So kids think, well, you know, this is entirely normal. You know, men dressing up as women and women dressing up as men. And, you know, this, this is normal behavior. It's grooming. It's absolutely grooming. I mean, it's indoctrination. It's grooming. It's, uh, I mean, we could, we could say a lot more about it. Well, since you brought up the flag, Ken, and it's, it's fortunate that we have Ken on the program now, because if you didn't know, Ken Pendergraft is a combat veteran. He spent time overseas, um, and I wanted to wanted to, him to talk about this because uh, I don't know if you saw it or not. But the flag display at the White White House it had the gay pride flag, and it was flanked by two American flags, and they were all at the same height. Now, if you know anything about the U.S. flag code, that is a big no no. I mean, the United States flag is always the highest one. It is never subservient to another flag. And here you have the White House, where the president of the United States lives, displaying a pride flag equal to on the same level and in front of the American flag. So, Ken, I'm, I'm assuming, well, not assuming, I know in the military there's a code for how we how you are to treat an American flag. Could you just explain like quickly what that code is and why it is that you do that? Sure. One of the one of the first things that happens when you get to basic training is you go out there and you fall in on what they call a guide on. It's a little banner. And it has your unit clear down soon level on there. And that becomes a rallying point anytime that you're at a, at an event and and they call everybody to fall in. You look for your guide on, you'll fall into there. It becomes a source of immense pride. I remember at one time we were just screwing up. Well, that's kind of how they put it. We, we weren't doing things right. And they wrote their guide on and tied a couple of pink ribbons around it so that it wouldn't wave flee. And we had to go for a whole week without majorly screwing up in order to get that thing revealed again. The point is they begin to instill in you a reverence for the symbolism. It's not the piece of fabric doesn't particularly mean anything, but the symbolism that is there. And so when you look at that guide on as a basic trainee, you're saying that there's a certain amount of pride because I have given blood, sweat, and tears for that unit. Magnify that by the battalion guide on and magnify that a thousandfold by the United States colors. 
of the absolute utmost respect and care. Mm-hmm. Everything that is done with it is it, there, it's really difficult to express. In my studio, I have a nine foot by five foot flag that it was a garrison flag that flew over us while we were in Iraq. And one of my responsibilities as a motor sergeant was to make sure there was a detail to go put it up and take it down every evening. And when it was all over, the colonel folded it and it folded properly and came and handed it to me and gave me that flag. And I, it's even hard to look at without getting a little bit choked up. And then to see not only the, the flags all at the same height, but centered, which is the place of honor, was the pride flag. It is absolutely disgusting. And I don't care what flag it is, whether it's a pride flag, whether it's a state flag, whether it, it doesn't matter. It could be a thin blue line flag. Nothing takes precedence over the U.S. colors. Exactly right. I mean, these, uh, I mean, you hear phrases all the time. These colors don't run. You, uh, everybody knows, every American citizen knows that that flag does never touches the ground. I don't care how big it is. I don't care if it's one of those little wavy flags that are on a little pen thing that you can hold. The flag does not touch the ground. Remember the Iwo Jima thing. In the midst of battle, those soldiers, those Marines, are out there trying to put the flag back up. They're not manning their rifles. It's it's almost irrational in some ways, but it is with high reverence. And so I, I just can't put enough stress in it. As a civilian, I'm sure you understand that and you take a certain amount of pride in it. Um, but after you have sacrificed and lost friends, um, it becomes even more poignant. Yeah. Now, it's we, we haven't gotten to the worst part about that. The whole Pride Day at the White House took, took place on the eve of Flag Day, the day before we honor our nation's flag. Uh, Ken, uh, go ahead and play cut four. It's uh, Chip Roy on the floor of the House. One of my colleagues on the other side of the aisle would actually like to join the party of standing up for the American people and standing up in defense of this country instead of a radical leftist ideology that results in a pride flag being hung at the same level as the United States flag on the front of the White House. People hopeless parading around the front of the White House. The White House. The people's house for their president. Have we no respect? Does the flag of the United States mean nothing? It's the flag of the United States. Men and women have died for that flag, and they put that flag up to the side, flanking a pride flag on the front of the United States president's house it's despicable and we do that right here on the eve of flag day exactly right it is despicable what the white house did now i don't care which side of the aisle that you're on whether you're a democrat or a republican or maybe even if you're one of these people that joins the communist party even you should know the reverence that we hold for that flag it never touches the ground it never runs and for them for them the white house to put up a pride flag 
in a in the place of honor ahead of the American flag. I mean, there's no excuse for that. I mean, that's you talk about giving the ultimate middle finger to Americans. Uh, now, TV Blaze TV host Chad Prather blasted this move when he said, "This is disgraceful. Why is the American flag surrounding the pride flag? This nonsense has to end." Now, here's an interesting thing about that, Ken. I was sitting right there when he said that on yes, my trip. Were. On my trip, my friends. Uh, I had a chance to go to the Blaze TV studios, and I had an appointment with Chad Prather. Isn't isn't that the home of the Golden EIB microphone? It is the home of the Golden EIB microphone. I don't, it, most of you probably don't know this, but there are two of them. Yeah, there are. Uh, Rush Limbaugh had two microphones made: one that he kept in New York, and one at EIB Southern Command in Florida. And Glenn Beck is in possession of both of them. What I was told on the tour is that uh, uh, Russia's wife, or his widow now, Catherine, uh, gave the golden microphones to Glenn Beck. And one of them is sitting on his desk, which, by the way, his office is incredible, but one of them is sitting on his desk, and the other one is in a display case right as you walk in the front door to his studio. I mean, it's I tried to get them to let me hold it, plug it in, you know, play, but they wouldn't. You know, I, frankly, I'm surprised they let me within two feet of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you did have your your silver microphone clutched to your breast the whole time. I'm sure well, that true. one. That one, by the way, is virtually the same microphone that Rush used, but it's it's in silver. And I appreciate the fact that you're not going to try to usurp the great one. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, who would? Okay. So anyway, we're well back to Glenn Beck Studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dad Prather. I was at uh, Glenn Beck Studio, so I I had a chance to go on Chad Prather's program and talk about what's been happening at the University of Wyoming and their sponsoring of drag shows and drag training. So we did uh, we did two segments on his program that'll be released tonight. Um, I believe that it, it gets released at five o'clock mountain time. So if you're living in Wyoming, that's, uh, that's the time where you can go on uh, The Blaze or it's also on YouTube. And once it gets released, I'll post a link to the program uh, in all of my social media places so that you can check it out. But I have to tell you, uh, it, it was an amazing experience to be able to sit in uh, the Blaze TV studios, um, not not 10 feet from Glenn Beck's set. Uh, it's it, it was a great experience, and you know, I'm, I was really fortunate to be able to be there. So you'll be able to listen to that and watch it um, later on today. And again, I'll make sure I post links to it everywhere. Um, Bet you will. Oh boy, it's going everywhere, baby. So uh, anyway, you know that's uh, that's what's coming up, and it's interesting to me. Ken, answer me that. Riddle me this. Riddle me that. Yes, sir. Why is it that the Blaze was interested in the investigative reporting that I did at the university and others helped with too? Well, I'm not going to tell you who they were. Uh, there were some very some very very courageous people that helped obtain all of that video. And so, you know, if they're listening to this, thank you very much for what you did. Um, but why is it that the Blaze, a national news outlet, was interested in what happened at our university? The Wyoming media is not. Not one news article about that news report. Why is that, Ken? I would say that there are some news organizations out there who are actually interested in reporting the news and others that are just simply trying to push an agenda. Now, it didn't hurt that we have a connection. We have a friend there that writes for Glenn and for... Right. 
Right. You know, I mean, it's uh, he he's the one that got it in front of yeah. of Chad Prather and and their staff. But, you know, the point is that everybody saw that news report. I can tell you that the download numbers were were pretty big. And yet the Wyoming media didn't say one word about it. No. You want to know my opinion, Ken? Please, please. They That's why I'm tuned in. They Thanks. absolutely agree with what the university is doing. They don't want to take one step outside of of their agenda and talk about anything that might violate. They don't want to. They don't want to admit that what's happening with our tax dollars is ultimately wrong. Oh, by the way, Ken, I, I got some financial figures from the university with some help from some other sources. But uh, um, the Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, get this, my friends, spent $722,000 in the last fiscal year. $722,000 for diversity, equity, and inclusion. You believe that? I I don't think I wanted to hear that. Oh, wait, it gets better, Representative Pendergraft. The Department of Multicultural Affairs, which started out as a good department, uh, but really, they don't do anything except the LGBTQ stuff now. Uh, But they spent $922,000 in the last fiscal year. Now, it's it's they're not exactly being forthcoming on where the that the source of that funding was. But I can I'll venture a guess that if it was private funding, uh, they probably would have come right out with it and said it was all private funds. The fact that they are not coughing it up means that you and me and Ken and every Wyoming citizen paid for it. What do you think about that one, Ken? Yeah, I can't say that on the air. <laughs> it kind of got my panties in a wad. Now you can't. You learned during the session that you can't say. Do we have that sound bite? I don't have that one. Oh man, I burned that one. All right. Well, let's uh, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some inflation type stuff. Cowboy State Politics is your source for fair, true journalism in the state of Wyoming. I know it's crazy to think that the most conservative state in the country only has one really conservative news outlet, and you're listening to it. Now, you can listen to the podcast on any of your favorite podcasting apps, iHeartRadio, iTunes, TuneIn, Really, any of them will work, but the easiest way is just to go to the website, CowboyStatePolitics.com. There, you can find all of the shows, as well as any of the articles that I might bring up during the course of a program. If you're one of these guys that thinks that you're informed because you pay attention to the Wyoming press, well, what you need to do is go to CowboyStatePolitics.com, pull up an article, and educate yourself, and find out that you've been wrong all along. Yeah, I know. It's probably going to hurt your feelings, but sometimes that's necessary. Just ask the Redcoats. New episodes of the program are published every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday morning. And then every Thursday at 10 a.m., Cowboy State Politics Live. You know, the program you're listening to right now. I cover mostly national issues on the Thursday program. You know, the stuff that we don't get to at other points during the week. You can find the link to... 
program at CowboyStatePolitics.com or on the Cowboy State Politics Facebook page. So check out all the Cowboy State Politics episodes every single week. And now, back to the program. And now some news about some excruciating news about your pocketbook. From Breitbart this morning, Federal Reserve leaves interest rates unchanged despite high inflation. And I quote, Federal Reserve policymakers left at the central bank's benchmark interest rate unchanged despite inflation that has run above its target for over two years, saying that the pause would allow it to gauge the effects of earlier hikes in the economy. Now, Ken. This is not rocket surgery. No, it's it's not. And I, I feel embarrassed that Wyoming's legislature helped create inflation. Well, what? Yeah. Well, I yeah. heard all along that nothing we do impacts inflation. Well, you heard wrong. If if inflation is caused by the federal government spending money, printing money that they don't have, Wyoming spent its fair share of federal money. In fact, there was never an indication that we might turn any of it back. The indications were all, if we have any federal dollars, we got to spend every last flipping dime. And they spent it on some ridiculous stuff. Like before you got elected, Ken, in the, in, when was it? I think it was in the 2022 budget session. Um, I think that's when it was. Anyway, there was this great display. I mean, they were in a spending frenzy, and you would not believe the stuff that they spent money on. Well, uh, Representative Hallinan from Gillette, and I thought this was hilarious. He tried to put an amendment in the budget bill to have a plaque made at the law school that was to read this building paid for by Wyoming Coal, and he wanted 300 bucks to do it. They would not spend 300 on a plaque to put at the law school, but they spent, I think it was like $700 million. We, we saw similar things this time on a smaller scale, and I cannot wait for February to go back and see this again. Oh, man, it's, it's going to be incredible. It's, uh, so back to the article. The Fed said on Wednesday that it would hold its benchmark rate at a range of 5% to 5.25%. The range it set at its May meeting and the highest since the Fed rates uh, at the summer of 2007. At the same time, the Fed signaled that it expects to hike at least two more times this year. Hmm. Play cut number three. I really doubt that we're going to see anybody remember this. Most economic analysts believe that it will have a temporary, a transitory impact. The faster than expected increase in some of those prices is actually a good sign. The overwhelming consensus is going to pop up a little bit and then go back down. No one's talking about it. This great, great deal. This is something that will uh, settle down. Transitory. Transitory. And the data shows that most of the price increases we've seen are were expected and, and expected to be temporary. There's nobody suggesting there's unchecked inflation on the way. It's highly unlikely that it's going to be long-term inflation that's going to get out of hand. I don't know anybody who's worried about inflation. Over the last couple of months, uh, we actually saw it trended downward. President Biden's chief of staff, Ron Klain, enthusiastically retweeted 
an economist who had said in part most of the economic problems we're facing, inflation, supply chains, et cetera, are high class problems. What is the grand home plan to increase oil production in America? <laughs> Oh my God, <laughs> that is hilarious. Well, the number one thing that the president can do is help get COVID under control. Uh, that we know is the root cause of inflation. President Biden this afternoon saying he thinks we're at the peak of the crisis right now and that lower prices are on the way. The inflation has everything to do with the supply chain. Make no mistake, inflation is largely the fault of Putin. I'm going to do everything I can to minimize Putin's price hike here at home. If you want to get rid of inflation, the only way to do it is to um, undo a lot of the Trump tax cuts. Ever since you've come into office, things are really looking up. You know, gas is up, rent is up, food is up, everything. All of those are lies. Inflation is not complicated, my friends. It is too many dollars chasing too few of goods. So let me just give you a quick example. Ken, let's say that you had five apples. And I wanted one of them. That, that would be... Uh, I'd give you all five because I don't like apples. Well, just play along. How do you like them apples? Yeah, this is what I get for keeping the silver microphone with me. So if, if, I, if Ken had five apples and I said, Ken, I want one of them, that one apple would constitute 20% of his entire apple supply. Pretty valuable, right? I mean, if that's if you only had five apples and... You, if I cared about apples, yes, it would yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, Ken, let's say you had 100 apples. And I said, Ken, I would like one of your apples. Well, that one apple is not going to be nearly as valuable as if you only had five, right? It's a good thing we're not doing this with beers. Yeah, well, beers, I mean, well, I don't drink. So there, there we have this problem. But the point here is that when you have more of something, money, for example, it means less to you. And so when people produce goods, you know, it doesn't matter what the good is, whether it's a radio show or you're a mechanic or you're a carpenter like Ken is, um, doesn't matter. The service or good still has the same value to you, but the value of the money is different because we have printed so much of it. So inflation is a result of having too many of those dollars going around and people needing the same value out of the goods that they produce. So prices increase. So all of that crap you were hearing from the Biden administration, that it's all Putin's price hike and it's COVID. It's all bull crap. Transitory. Yeah, none of it's transitory. It's all bull crap. And uh, really, the result is money printing. Now, and, and another example here. Now, Ken, let's say you had a gold coin back say, 100 years ago. What could you buy with that gold coin? A suit of clothes. Yeah, two, probably one or two pretty nice suits. Yeah. And that would include probably a pair of boots. Probably. Now, if you fast forward another mm -hmm. 100 years to today, and if you had a gold coin, what could you buy with that? A suit of clothes. Yeah, yeah, a pretty nice suit, maybe two. So it's not the value of gold that is changing. It is the value of the dollar. You know, anybody, including Albert Somers, <laughs> Redcoat Speaker of the House, Albert Summers, who thinks that the dollar is more stable than gold. I mean, they're they're lying to themselves and they're lying to you. Well, leather coats probably have gone in value too. Oh, God. I, that guy. I mean, he should decide to change his coat every once in a while or at least have it laundered. Oh, that was kind of low of me, wasn't it? Well, after the last break, we're going to talk about Megan Degenfelder. You know, at first, I didn't really like her. I was wondering if she was kind of a red coat. Uh, but, you know, she's been, she's been doing some things that make me kind of like her. So we're going to go to that after the break.
like Beep. hot wings. Well, if you don't, what the heck is wrong with you? Well, my friends, I happen to be obsessed with them. And the best wings you're going to find in the state of Wyoming come from the Wing It food truck. They make the most incredible wings. And it's not just hot wings. They have several other different flavors. I personally recommend the garlic Parmesan wings. They're amazing. And the way that you can figure out where that truck is going to be is go to the website, cowboystatepolitics.com, and look underneath the Sponsors tab, and you can find their schedule there. That way, you can plan your entire week around where that truck is going to be. That's the Wing It Food Truck. Morton Buildings is one of the leading metal building companies in America. They manufacture a lot of their own materials, and they've been doing this longer than anybody else around, and they definitely do it better than anybody else around. So it doesn't really matter if you need a garage or a barn or maybe a roping arena so you can do all of that rodeo stuff when it's 23 below zero, or perhaps a giant warehouse for your business. You should give my friends Nick and Jesse a call at 307-674-2532. Just tell them what you're thinking, and they'll handle all the details. Again, their phone number is 307-674-2532, or you can check them out on their website at mortonbuildings.com. And now, the conclusion to our program. the Pravda on the Platte. In an article entitled, School's Chief Blasts the Left, and I quote, School Superintendent Megan Degenfelder uh, took a hard right turn in her speech at the Western Conservative Summit on Saturday, making hot-button topics like school library books and transgender issues central to her message and lambasting the left for mis- and misrepresenting, is in, is in brackets, misrepresenting conservative values. To Degenfelder, the education fulfills three main purposes, to prepare young people to fill good jobs and be good citizens by instilling them with patriotism to promote social cohesion. And I quote from Ms. Degenfelder, these are worthy goals and we as conservatives celebrate them. That is why so many of us are alarmed because today the education establishment has taken it upon itself to reorient this mission in education away from these goals and impose a new and very different agenda, and it's failing us badly. It's not a new phenomenon that academic achievement has been de-emphasized, Degenfelder said, but she warned it's getting worse. And it's being de-emphasized in favor of things that don't count as education. You know, Ken... All I hear about this LGBTQ agenda, that it's education, that all of these students need to know about all these transgender issues. But correct me if I'm wrong, Ken, but little kids, the only thing they really need to know about, you know, and I'm talking like kindergartners through like third grade, fourth grade. Really, the only thing they need to know is that girls and boys have cooties. Am, Am I wrong in this? That was the only thing I knew. Yeah. And I've got 10 grandchildren now, so somehow it worked out. You know, 
interestingly enough, we're having this whole Pride Month. I wonder if we could have like a thank a heterosexual month. We we need one. Well, yeah, you know, all of these Pride folks, I think that they should thank a heterosexual. In the uh, Seven Deadly Sins one, one of the favorite things that Tom brought up was, if we get a month for Pride, why can't we have one for, what, pick a, pick a, a Seven Deadly Sin? Let's... Well, yeah. Well, and here's let's have a sloth month. Here's here's the thing. Yeah, let's have a sloth month. Wouldn't get any work done. Now, here's a question for you. We have an entire month to celebrate what people do uh, with other people behind closed closed doors. Which, by the way, I don't need to know about that. Whatever you do behind your door, I don't care about it. But we have to have an entire month to celebrate that. And veterans get one day. How how messed up could that possibly? I mean, could it get any more screwed up than that? Not in my book. Well, no. And I mean, think about the message that this sends to to veterans and our police officers and you know firefighters and teachers for that matter. You know, it's more important that we celebrate sexuality than it is that we we celebrate the achievements of everybody else. The guys that put on a bulletproof vest to defend this country and that walk through your neighborhood and defend your balls and, you know, that, that, that literally put their lives on the line every single day that they go to work. I mean, think about this. Here's another one. Game wardens. You know, every single person that a game warden encounters is, ca- is probably packing a gun. I mean, you can't you can't come up with a more dangerous occupation than that. And yet, we don't have a game warden day, but we have a month of pride. From the article, Wyoming Education Association President Grady Hutchison descri- described the speech as blatant political stunting and called on Degenfelder and others to support students and educators uh, amid statewide suicide and educator uh, shortage crises. Now, Mr. Grady Hutcherson, I'm sure he's well aware of all of the problems that we're having in education. All of the pornographic library books that are that are across the cowboy state, isn't he, Ken? Yeah. Six. This is Wyoming, and much of that nonsense has no place in Wyoming Gosh, because it's not there. happening in Wyoming, and it has nothing to do with our phenomenal K-12 education system in Wyoming. So none of this is happening in Wyoming. This is all a figment of our imagination. And as far as the Education Association is concerned, none of we have none of these problems in education. Well, the truth is that the Wyoming Education Association is at the very source of all of this, especially in Wyoming. Uh, Ken, you remember that story that I that I published about the uh, uh, safe and just schools cadre? You remember that one? I do. You know, the the Education Association has this whole group, and they call it the Safe and Just Schools Cadre. And the logo for this group has the socialist fist in it. And it's all of this is still online. It's still on their website. And yet Grady Hutcherson with the Wyoming Education Association wants you to think that there are no problems in Wyoming education and that you should just stay the heck away from it. He wants school boards to, to tell parents to just pipe down. You know, they'll handle what's going on with their kids. You know, the parents shouldn't have any influence on their on edu- on educating their kids, that it's up to the schools to do that. You know, the, the president said not that long ago, they're all our children. He did. <laughs> that was just outrageous. Uh, no, they're not your children. It doesn't take a village. It doesn't take a nation. It takes parents. 
It takes one man and one woman, by the way. Exactly. And, you know, if you listen to all of these whack jobs that are trying to run education, definitely in Wyoming and across the country, according to them, parents should have nothing to do with it. I mean, that's why we have a lawsuit going on right now in Sweetwater County. Um, and if, if you recall, I did an interview with these, these two parents, um, but the school in Sweetwater County tried to socially transition their daughter with, without the parents' knowledge. In fact, the parents were told that the, the school has no intention of telling them what's going on with their kid. You know, leave it up to the schools. We know what's best. Problem here, and a lot of this originates at the legislature, Ken, um, that a, a big problem is we try to view teachers and school counselors as mental health professionals. And yeah, maybe a school has a counselor, but there's one. Teachers are not psychiatrists or psychologists or child psychologists. They're teachers. And we shouldn't be putting them in charge of a child's mental health. Now, at the legislature, uh, there was one bill. I don't remember which one it was, but there was this gigantic amendment put on it. And the only thing they called it is mental health for schools. But they never said what that was, Ken. It was just mental health for schools. Here's a couple, here's some millions of dollars. Last education committee meeting, I sat there for two days and listened to them talk about all of these programs that they needed to do. My response was, I actually got to say this to them, why don't you just focus on teaching? And if we have a child with some mental health issues, we'll find some professional to do that. And part of the reason of the impetus for me taking that position is if their primary responsibility is education, and it could be argued that they're not doing too great a job on that because they're so busy with all this other stuff, for example. Um, maybe we should narrow their focus and allow them to do what they really are trained to do. Wyoming ranks 26th in educational outcomes in the United States. 26th. So we're a little bit less than 50. And we're right in spending about $20,000 a student. We're like number two or number three yeah. in spending per student. And yet our educational outcomes are middle of the road. Middle of the road, let me give you another word for that. It's called being mediocre. That you're not excelling like Grady Hutcherson tries to claim, nor Albert Somers or any of the Redcoats down in Cheyenne try to tell us that, oh, our education system is fine. The reason why it's not fine is we're focusing on all of this gender ideology stuff. And, you know, part of the reason for that lawsuit down in Sweetwater County is that, that the parents were frozen out of that kid's education. Parents went to the school couple different times and said, look, you know, we, uh, uh, we're trying to do some stuff with the kid. In fact, they had the child in um, uh, counseling with a professional counselor, and they're trying to work through a lot of the mental health issues that the kid had. And admittedly, uh, the girl had some, had some stuff going on mentally, but the parents were working on it. So then the kid goes to school and the school undoes everything that, that, that the professional mental health counselor had done. The school was acting as a mental health professional, and they're not. The people Evolution. that populate school boards are not psychological. Well, some of them, I'm sure there's one or two. But the point is, it's normal people that get elected to the school board, and they're making decisions on your child's mental health. I mean, it's I, I find it like absolutely astonishing that you know more parents haven't shown up at school boards and demanded that things change. But interestingly, since we're in Sheridan, Ken, a lot of parents have shown up at the Sheridan County School Board. And uh, last issue, I think you went to that meeting, didn't you? 
it had to do with uh, what's in our libraries primarily. Um, no, wait, some, hold on. Some of that stuff, I have a friend who got in some trouble a few years back. And if he were caught, let's, let's just say his 10-year-old son came home from school and brought one of these books with him and left in there. My friend would go back to prison for having that content in his house. Now, hold on, yeah. Ken. You know, like uh, we were just told by Grady Hutcherson that. This is Wyoming. And much of that nonsense has no place in Wyoming because it's not happening in Wyoming and it has nothing to do with our phenomenal K-12 education system in Wyoming. Now, see, Ken, Grady says that we don't have a problem. What I mean, what are you talking about with these library books? <laughs> I'm not talking about the library books. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allowed to anymore. Uh, you know, honestly, my friends, we've got a lot of work to do with our education system. Not not mm -hmm. just the funding at, uh, you know, down in Cheyenne. Uh, what's happening at your at your local in your local school boards and at your you know local elementary and middle schools and um, high schools. We've got a lot of work to do. One of the things that I like to point out, and I'm going to stick it in here right now, is whenever you have a system that is too expensive and that is not as productive as it should be, that's because it doesn't have any competition. And if you want to fix education, the answer is competition. Oh, I, I agree with you. I mean, you know, we hear about competition being voodoo economics all the time and how, you know, trickle-down economics doesn't work. But the truth is, competition always works. Look, look what happened with Ma Bell. Some of us are old enough to remember Ma Bell. They were the only game in town. We don't care because we don't have to, as Lily Tomlin used to portray. And I remember I worked for Mountain Bell at the time. I worked in the business office. There was a little store down there. And for $300... You could buy, and this was in $1980, $1980, you could buy a Mickey Mouse phone. I did. It was pretty cool. Now you can. Is that the phone you still use, Ken? Uh, no, it's broken. <laughs> but the point is, as soon as that was broken up and there was competition in there, they were giving away phones. I'm still talking about landlines for those of you that or trying to picture carrying a Mickey Mouse around in your pocket all day. That's not quite the way it was. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the whole point there is that competition always um, makes the cream rise to the top. Exactly. Why do you think you can get a 40-inch color TV set for 200 bucks? Exactly right. You know, I've still got the very first, and it still works, um, but one of the very first smart TVs that came out. And I think what... I think my, like, we paid like $1,200 for that thing. It probably weighs about 85 pounds. Actually, no, it's pretty light, but oh, you can buy the same. Oh, TV. smart TV, yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking of the big flat screens. Uh, well, that's another issue. Yeah. I mean, that's that's talking about, you know, how technology progresses. But this smart TV of mine, you know, you could probably buy the same one for, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks. Now. Hold on just a second. You said something important. That's how technology progresses. When there's competition. I was in Germany when the wall came down and all of a sudden these turbants, cars from the other side, from the other side of the wall on the East Germany started coming across and they were still 1940s technology. In West Germany, where we got BMWs and uh, Mercedes and everything else. Well, Ken, I have, I have enjoyed 
Um, this episode, even though we had a few technical difficulties, and again, I uh, apologize for that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and post this episode, what we got recorded um, in a couple hours. But you can find that at the podcast and at the website, cowboystatepolitics.com. Also, don't forget about the uh, my appearance on Chad Prather's program. It'll go live. I believe it goes live at 5 p.m. Mountain. I'll post the link at the website and at uh, on all of my social media so you'll be able to watch it. But for now, from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Sheridan, Wyoming, I'm David Iverson, and this is the one and only Come on.